When you're seeking financial freedom, it's confusing because there's so many different types of businesses and avenues that you can do to actually achieve financial freedom. In this masterclass, we've got 100 guests who are seeking financial freedom through real estate investing. And a special guest, Brent Daniels, breaks us down a blueprint to 20 deals in 2023. So this is a throwback to the beginning of the year. There's about five months left. So you could take this as your blueprint for eight deals before the end of 2023. And Brett talks about why it's so important to pick one strategy and fully focus and execute on that. So you, I know you're gonna get a lot out of this episode. And these are master classes. These are live calls we do weekly so that our Deal Machine members that are using the app to go look for rundown houses and they can actually make $20,000 from finding one, they can stay focused and get help when they need it. Instead of suffering analysis paralysis on YouTube, these masterclasses give them on-demand knowledge. When they get stuck, they can get answers from an expert. So enjoy this masterclass. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed and drop us a review. It helps us build more content for you to achieve financial freedom. The Deal Machine REI Podcast. Everything you need to know to get started in real estate investing. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Ryan, if you can keep monitoring the door here for us, that'd be awesome. Um, but Brent, how are we feeling today? How, how are we doing, man? It's been, been a couple of weeks at least. <laughs> Fantastic. Great to see you, Matt. You're the best, Ryan. Thank you so much. You guys are incredible. We're with the elite crew today for Teal Machine. So uh, I couldn't be happier and more excited. This is going to be a lot of fun. There we go. Love it. I, I, I had a good time with your group. Uh, what was that like maybe a couple of weeks ago um, on the, the tech call too. So um, appreciate you uh, always spreading the good word. And, you know, on here, as we continue to let people in today, um, the whole goal again, hey, we want to help improve your real estate business. So for these master classes, bring in world-class people like Brent, come in, get you fired up, get you excited, teach you things, you know, get, get you to improve your business every single day. Um, so if you have other people on your team, uh, you're always welcome to invite them as well on your team. I mean, I obviously it's going to depend on the topic. Today, Brent's going to be really digging in on sales, marketing, do more deals this year. So really excited about that. But uh, as we go through this, Ryan just threw in the chat, he's got the previous uh, masterclass recordings. If you do content.dealmachine.com, I know we've had Brent on probably three or four times, if I had to guess. Um, you had him, so check out like, any past things there? I know every time he's come on, he's, I mean, I come away just fired up. So uh, really excited to have him on today. We had last week was Zach Booth talking driving for dollars. Week before that was um, Batch Win talking about the market timing. Uh, that was a really, really good one. Uh, Trevor Mock was the week before that talking online marketing. So we've had on some really, really good people lately. Um, I know next week is Jerry Norton. So I know uh, he's your buddy too, uh, Brent. So, um, Jerry's coming on next week. Uh, we have also that, that networking sheet that Ryan threw in the chat right there. It's just dealmachine.com slash elite. And that's a place to be able to meet other people who are on the same page who are really taking real estate serious. You know, maybe they've done deals, maybe they're trying to do that first deal, but they're uh, really improving their business and coming to these things. So we've had people meet each other and, and meet future, future uh, business partners in, in that as well. So um, check that out. But uh, today, again, have on Brent and be talking about your blueprint to do 20 plus deals this year. So really ramping up. More really, deals, how you scale. not just 20 deals. 20 more deals. 20 more deals. Love that. Love that. Okay, deal. <laughs> Getting into the right mindset already, man. Um, So 
I know we're letting people in here. Uh, got a, got a few minutes. Um, you know, want to want to uh, try to start things off with good vibes as always. Uh, let's share some big wins. Anybody have like personal wins, professional wins? You know, landing a new deal, making a new hire, a new partnership, anything exciting going on in their life that they uh, can give a little bit of a shout out to and start off right today. And appreciate the camera too. I know uh, Brent's pretty intimidating. Look at him, but <laughs> uh, if you can throw on a camera, that's always great as well. That's right. But, yeah, um, Brandon and Jonathan and Edward and Eric and Yeo and and Roland and Mark and Adam. Good to see you, bud. Handsome as ever. There he is. And Jay. Good to see you guys being brave, turning on the camera. That's phenomenal. Uh, yeah, be brave. Turn on your camera. I mean, what's the point? Like, let's squat up. That's that's going to be something. Uh, obviously I'm going to talk about squatting up, but really I think the first step into building your business is, um, is community and model. What's your community and what's your model, right? Because the fact is, if you just try to try to go into this thing cold by reading some books and going on bigger pockets and listening to some podcasts and, and obviously going on these trainings and not really connecting and networking with people that are doing more than you, you're really mm -hmm. stunting your growth, right? You're really, you're really slowing down the process and um, it doesn't need to be right. Just reaching out and, and connecting with everybody on here. See Nick popping on both Nick's two Nick's popping on. That's great. There's a picture of Nick and Nick uh, picture in picture. That's phenomenal. I love that. Aaron and Paul, this is, this is absolutely great. So um, yeah, let's have a lot of fun here uh, today, guys. I know that this, what goes for an hour, Matt. Yep, so, yeah. We're, we're good until three. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to stand on a soapbox and I'm going to go for a little bit and then we'll just open this thing up to, um, to question and answers and Love i don't it, know matt is this is this a, a group that's been around uh in, in real estate for for a little bit longer than just getting started maybe some some people starting but most most people have got, gone through this whole cycle yeah we've got we've got a good mix i mean we had definitely have like um let's see paul aaron nick jonathan see some familiar faces that have jumped on that are they're more advanced for sure more experienced building amazing we're elite um elite there we go elite. Paul. that's right elite. Paul. elite. Great Love to it. see you. <laughs> so it, uh, going into that, for everybody else, just quick intro on Brent. I know, um, and also, I know I, I did a call for big wins. Throw your big wins in the chat. Like if you're working on a deal, if you're, you know, if you've got something exciting and positive going on right now, I always love to love to call those out too. But um, just quick intro on Brent. Uh, again, one of our favorite guests, like always bring, brings the heat. Uh, love, love to have him on. Um, I, you know, he's spoken to over 45,000 homeowners over the years and built a multi-million dollar real, real estate business in that process. So he's got quite a few things he can draw on in terms of like, hey, here's what works, here's what doesn't. Um, he also, you know, is the host of the number one podcast out there for Wholesaling, Wholesaling Inc. Um, super pot, you know, I love his YouTube channel, puts out phenomenal stuff there. We've been on a few times. Um, he's got the talk to people system. Uh, he's got everything that's going on in wholesaling Inc that he, I'm happy to have him talk about a little bit too. Yep. And then again today, yeah, today we're going to be talking sales, marketing, doing 20 more deals, uh, you know, in your, uh, in your pipeline this year. Um, really quick, Jonathan, you've got your hand raised. Go ahead, man. Uh, feel free to, to give a shout out here. All right. Um, let me put my hand down before I forget. There we go. So I now have, <laughs> my you, first, I got my Paul Myers deal closed. We closed on the purchase of it. And then I got, another one under contract for with a deal machine postcard and yesterday i almost had a third one and tomorrow i think i'm going to get a third one which is a different one 
So I'm getting them rocking and rolling in here now. So oh, that's ready. Good. Get him, Paul. Get him, Paul. Yeah, Paul's got Get it. Paul. Paul's got it. Brent's got it. Didn't hear it. Didn't hear it. Do it again. Yeah, that's the first. You, you know, you know on here, here's the issue. Zoom doesn't allow you to like ring a bell, so you're gonna have to see the action, but it like mutes it out. It's crazy. So nothing, what? right? Yeah. Nothing. So we'll have to uh, oh. give a clap for Jonathan. That's fa absolutely fantastic. Give him some love, guys, because <laughs> bells don't work on Zoom. Zoom's anti-bell. So um, hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's absolutely phenomenal. How'd you get those? Is it all postcards, Jonathan? All of them were deal machine postcards, and I got a couple more that I'm still working on. So I might get five inside of about six weeks. Yeah, baby. How many are you sending oh, out? Um, I've sent probably four thousand in December, and that's where most of them came from. But the one deal came from the Paul Myers uh, agent newsletter. Amazing. Is it? Are, are these wholesale deals? Are these flips? Are these seller finance? What are they? I've got some 1031 money I needed to spend, so we're going to buy and hold a few of them and probably flip one or two and uh, probably hold most of these. If, I think we're going to end up with four, maybe five, and I think we'll flip one or two of them. Amazing. But they're all good either way, exit strategies. Great job. Uh, there we awesome. go. Anybody else want to jump in or uh, should I hand things over to Brent? Can I become the host, by the way, Matt? Yeah, let me uh, do that here. Can I share some stuff? You already are the host, but actually. Oh, I am. <laughs> I mean, the, the Zoom oh, host, I should say. Right. You're, <laughs> you're good now. You got it. All right. Do I have uh, to put people that are in the waiting room in? Just admit uh, we'll, we'll, still, we'll keep doing it. We'll keep doing yeah. it. All right. Okay. We can do it. Yeah. All right. Amazing. Cool. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Um, oh. It's an honor to spend the hour with you guys. Uh, Deal Machine has helped us find some incredible deals and really grow our business. Uh, 80% of the first deals that people do around the country are from driving for dollars. That's just a fact. Uh, ugly houses get big checks. That's our motto. Ugly houses, big checks. And uh, my business is focused on wholesaling. Uh, I'm sure that we've got some flippers here. I'm sure we've got some buy and hold here like Jonathan. Uh, I'm sure we've got all, all, you know, some people that do creative deals some do sub two, some do all that. And that's, that's, fantastic right uh, i would challenge that <clears throat> there's a the 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 method the 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 model that i follow is is step number one is the community and the and 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 figuring out what um what path i'm going to follow what path you're going to go down right what model are you going to follow that's step one is get a community and have a model that you can follow step two is obviously getting your first deal right go from faith to fact um and and cross that bridge and know that that um that you can do this and if you know that you can do it you can do it over and over and over again which leads to step three which is be consistent and fire your boss Right. It's really important to be able to get into this business full time because it opens up so many more opportunities. So you fire your boss in step three. And then step four is you build out a, a real business. You grow a real business to where you can start firing yourself in different roles in that business. And then that's when the that's at the point where you're above the business and you're, you know, it's mostly run by other people. You still have an eye on it, but it turns in to a cash machine for you. Um, and I find that the best way to do that, I think every real estate investor for the first 12 months should do nothing but wholesale. 
And that might be controversial, but I truly believe that. I believe that if you can do your first deal and then replace your current income and go full time into this business and then build a business that sources the best deals and sells them uh, to cash buyers and earns a really good profit, then you can pull yourself out and then you should go and buy assets. Because we try to follow so many different models. Oh, I'm going to go add to my rental portfolio model. I'm going to flip model. I'm going to do creative finance model. I'm in a wholesale model. And then nothing happens. It's an epidemic. It's an epidemic in our business is not just following a single model all the way. And listen, if you want to keep your job and just buy rentals, fantastic. If you want to keep your job and, uh, and just flip every once in a while, fantastic. What I'm speaking to is people that want to go full-time, build a million-dollar business, million-dollar-plus business that runs basically without you so that you can go and focus on finding the absolute best deals because I see it all the time. People start going down the model of, oh, I'm going to start wholesaling real estate. And, oh, well, wait, that triplex over there. I should go buy that triplex over there because that'll be good for my rental portfolio. And then all your attention goes to that triplex. And then all of a sudden you don't make income for months on end. Okay. So whatever it is, figure out your model. Matt, do you mind putting up that graphic? Big goals to big models is big success. So really, if there's it, it, the main point of this conversation that we're having right now is, can they see it? Okay. Can you guys see it? Can you guys see that graphic? Yes, sir. We've got you. Okay. Pick a model, pick a model and follow it. Stay absolutely focused on whatever it is, whatever you're using deal machine for pick a model and stick with it and stick with it to the point that you actually hit the level of success that you want from that model. And I hope it's big, right? Because if you can, if you try to do so many different models at the same time, nothing happens. Absolutely nothing happens. So let's look at how do we find opportunities? Because that's the first part. And in any, in any model, there's three parts. One is lead generation. Two is conversion. And three is exit strategy. Can you put up that one, Matt? So there's three parts to your real estate business. Any, any Whatever you want to do, okay? It's lead generation, conversion, and exit strategy. So the first part of that is really where we should be spending most of our efforts as we're starting build, as starting to build momentum. And really there's three ways to uh, find deals. There's three lead generation methods, okay? There is marketing, which we already talked about. We talked about postcards. That's when people call you, all right? You spend money, people call you. The second one is you become the guy or gal in your marketplace that people refer business to, okay? That's where you're getting these referrals in. You've got a nice database where you're getting referrals in. And the third way is to be proactive and go out and earn it. And that's prospecting. That's either door knocking or picking up the phone and calling people. Okay. Now, if you do not have a budget starting out or you don't have a huge budget starting out, you either have to get referrals coming in or you have to be proactive and reach out to people on a daily basis. Either way, you're going to have to reach out to people on a daily basis. Either way, you have to talk to people. You have to have quality conversations with people that own distressed properties or the people that represent the people that own distressed properties. That's how we find opportunities. So pick a model. Seriously, if you are just trying to do all of those off the bat as a solopreneur and you're not even full-time in this business, you're going to be crushed. You're going to be absolutely crushed. 
All right. So pick a model. What is it going to be? You're going to do marketing. Are you going to do referrals? Are you going to do prospecting and go really deep with that until you can build the consistency? All right. And, um, and, and, and that's the, like fundamental number one. What are you going to do now? If you want to do, if you want to be proactive, if you want to, if you want to do prospecting, here's the stats. If you are calling people, that own distressed properties. And we know statistically six to 10% of the real estate market is in distress at all times, whether they be vacant properties, whether they be rundown properties, whether they have financial issues, whether they have emotional distress, whatever it is, six to 10% of the real estate market. That means that there's anywhere from 10 to 14 million opportunities every single year, which should get everybody extremely excited. Because there might be 67 people on here. There might be 670,000 investors that are looking at these deals. There's still 14 million deals a year. Okay? So collaboration over competition. It is, it is literally a conveyor belt of opportunities coming our way. We just have to get in front of them. We just have to find them. And so if you're going to be, if you don't have a huge budget for marketing and you don't have the schedule for marketing, because here's the fact, if you're not answering those calls, they're going to call somebody else. If you're not jumping on and returning and, and, and getting those people locked into an appointment and, or just disqualifying them very quickly, when they call in, you're just throwing money away. All right. So depending on your schedule, Again, this is another way of me nudging you towards being proactive, picking up the phone and with a very low budget going out there and, uh, and, and, and starting to build a pipeline of opportunities. But the first step in that, in that lead generation, you got to pick a model. If you try to do all of it, you're done. You're done. You're going to be, you, it, it, it's not going to work. You're going to be pulled in too many different directions. So as you as you guys are listening to podcasts, as you guys are watching things, as you guys are trying to figure out what model works for you, just understand it's either marketing, referrals, or it's prospecting. And keep it very simple and just focus on which one you're going to do and go really, really, really deep until you can hire people to do all three of them. And that's what happens when you get to that consistency level and when you get to the that fourth step in your in your real estate entrepreneurial journey of hiring people and firing yourself from certain roles. Does this all make sense so far? Can I get a thumbs up from you guys if, if it makes sense? Um, okay. All right. So, and then, and then you get into the conversion side of things. Well, first of all, let me, sorry, let me stick real quick. So if you are calling property owners, distressed property owners, it's one out of 200, write it down. One out of 200 conversations, you'll get a deal. That's you making calls. If you hire people that English is their second language, it's one out of a thousand. They're five times less effective than you. So either hire five times the amount of people to make the calls for you if you want to leverage that, or what I would prefer you do is that talk to at least a thousand property owners yourself, get those five deals under your belt, and then start going. Because it's very difficult to leverage that skill and build a long-lasting business where you are, are, are bringing in people and leading people in the direction of finding distressed properties uh, and, and, and building a long lasting business and leading people in that direction. If you've never done it, sorry, it just is. It's not something you can read in a book. It's gotta be experience. And I've seen plenty of people try 
And when the, when the tide went out, everybody was exposed. So everybody had to learn the skills, had to go back into finding real opportunities themselves. And I think that you should. I think that there's something charming about looking back and reminiscing on the time that you really grinded for this business, that you really earned the right to lead other people, that you really earned the right to hiring people and you hold their financial future and their family's financial future in your hands because you went in and you put the, you, you did the heavy lifting, you did the work. And they should, it should fill you with tremendous pride. And uh, I, so in the beginning, I think that if you're going to be proactive, if you're going to prospect, you got to prospect and you got to talk to a thousand people before you hire anybody. All right. Now, if you're going to be calling real estate agents or on market deals, it's one out of 300. One out of 300 to get a deal. If you're going through representation, if you're, if you're going through an agent. Okay. And that's, those are just the numbers. That's from Jamil Damji. He's like the expert in, not like, he is the expert on that. And so those are the numbers. One in 200, direct to seller, one in 300, if you're going through an agent. So these are numbers that you got to put into your mind. Because if you talk to 50 people and you're like, I haven't done a deal yet and you feel disappointed, keep going. Keep going. You absolutely got this. Just keep going to that 200. And you're going to find those opportunities. You're going to find out of the 200 people that you talk to, 20 people will say yes. So then if you want to add 20 deals, which depending on what market you're in, um, let's just say that your average deal size is 15,000. That's 300,000. You got to talk to 4,000 people. 200 times 20. Talk to 4,000 people. That might sound exhausting, right? It's like, you know, if, if you're making calls uh, every day and you're putting in the work, that would be about 400 hours of work to make 300,000. People work 40 hours. That's, that's, a, that's 10 weeks of a 40-hour week. Now, I'm not saying be on the phone for 40 hours. You'll, you'll go crazy. You'll absolutely go crazy. But I'm telling you, if I was there, if I was behind you, watching you make calls every single day, giving you $1,000 an hour, I would have to tear you off the phone. But that's, that's essentially what happens. It's essentially what happens. So it's like, is this easy? Fuck no, it's not. It's really not. You're going to have to really stretch. You're going to really have to change. You're going to have to really grow to be super proactive in your business. Or have a budget to send out marketing and have people call you. And that's fine. That absolutely works as well. But you have to have the budget for that. And you have to have the schedule to be able to answer those calls live. That's, that, that's your options for lead generation, right? And then as you get into the conversion side of all these deals, it's all about the way that you pre-qualify every single property every single time. And we pre-qualify every conversation that you have with a property owner revolves around four things. The condition of the property, their timeline to sell that property, their motivation to sell that property, and their price, right? You find those four things. If you're ever finding that you're kind of like, you know, just, just waiting and, 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 and trying to figure out, um, you know, you're floating around in the conversation trying to figure out what to talk to this property owner about. Just remember those four things, the four pillars of pre-qualifying condition, timeline, motivation, price. And I do them in that order, guys, because most people will tell you about the property before they tell you about their problems. It's not, not all of them, but most of them.
So if you start with a, a if you start the conversation with finding out about the condition of the property, what remodeling have you done to the kitchen and bathrooms in the last five years, right? What can you can you tell me about what's going on with the flooring? Can you tell me about the roof? Can you tell me about is this property updated or is it pretty original? You know, asking some open-ended questions so that they talk a lot. The more they talk, the lower their force field comes down. The lower their the the the, the shorter their stiff arm from keeping you understanding what's going on with this property is. So you start with the condition of the property and you really find out what the condition is, and then you hit them with the timeline. Well, typically we close. We can get you your money in 14 to 30 days. Does that work? I'm telling you, the timeline is the most important one here, guys, because it doesn't matter what price they want. If they haven't made the decision that they're going to sign a document to transfer title to somebody else, then you're just it's just going to be you're you don't want to give them everything. You don't want to give them the price yet. You don't want to send them an offer yet. I know that that might be silly of me to say because people send out a bunch of offers and all that, but I wouldn't do it because you're talking to so many people, but you, you need to know the timeline so that they're not leveraging your offer and your conversation. So it helps to understand where you're at in this process is the timeline. Because if, they, if they're not going to sell until their kids graduate or until the probate's over or until they, the tenant moves out or all these things, we run into these things all the time, right? We run into these, these, um, these situations all the time. So figure out the timeline. And then the motive, when you get the condition and the timeline, typically, if you do it right, they give you the motivation. So you don't have to say, well, what, what makes you think about selling it right now? I mean, you can ask that. It's a good open-ended question, but you don't have to. If you do the first two, right, if you get the condition in the timeline, because they typically tell you what their motivation is. And then the last one is getting the price. And so you want to find out, you know, listen, if I can get you just a cash as is net offer to you, you don't have to pay any closing costs, anything to the title and escrow company or closing attorney. You don't have to pay anything to a real estate agent. Um, how much would you take for the property? Right. And that's the toughest one, right? That's the that's the 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 poker, right? I'm going to keep the keep the cards close to me. I don't want to tell you. You tell me, right? And then you just keep trying to pull out. Well, you've owned this property a long time. What are your neighbors selling for in similar condition? If you were to, if you were to fix up everything, everything in the house, so it looked like a beautiful model home, something that you would see on HGTV. How much do you think you'd have to spend to fix it up? Oh, I'd have to spend 80,000. And once it's totally beautiful, what do you think it sells for? Right? Trying to pull out that price. My favorite way is to give them an offer without giving them an offer. I'm just looking on my computer right now, and it looks like neighbors, your neighbors similar to yours, similar size, similar condition is selling for whatever price, 50% of Zillow, 35% of Zillow, 10% of Zillow, depending on the price points. And then you throw that out and they go, oh my gosh, that's crazy. I would never sell my house for that. Okay, what were you thinking? All right, pull out that price, right? So that's the prequal. Second part of that is lead follow-up. There's no reason in hunting if you're not gathering. So make sure that you're gathering and gathering and gathering and doing the lead follow-up. And I will tell you this, I would rather you have 10 really hot leads than 1,000 okay leads. Remember this, bad leads hide good leads. Bad leads hide the best leads. So get rid of people quickly. 
seriously disqualify the trash can is your one of your best friends in this business and don't just hold on to leads and be like oh i've got these great opportunities they mean nothing signed contracts mean something closing means something having a having a lead means nothing i mean it's just an opportunity okay and then obviously going on and doing your presentation what's your presentation have you figured out how you present the offer you're literally like there, um, like applying for the job of buying their house. You're just going to walk in and start beating up their house. You're going to walk in. What are you going to say? What are you going to do? Where are you going to sit? How are you going to control the environment? How are you going to make sure that they're there to sign the contract? The only reason you should go to a property, unless you know people really want to meet, is to get the contract signed. And the contract signed should be a natural progression of your pre-qualifying and lead follow-up. And you get advanced agreements before you go out on the appointment. Matt, if what I say makes sense and we agree on the price and the terms and, and you want to work with me, is there anything stopping us from moving forward when I come over today at noon? Get the objections first, guys. Get the objections before you run out there. Pre-qualify, do incredible lead follow-up and have a great offer presentation and you will do more deals. Mix that in with talking to a tremendous amount of people that own ugly houses and in ugly situations. You can't lose in this business. It's the most incredible business of all time. It's right there. It's just talking to enough people and knowing how to convert them. And then there, you've got your exit strategy. What do you want to do? You've got three options. Flip it, rent it, or assign it. That's it. So what, what is your strategy? What is your model? It all comes down to models. What is the model that you follow? What is the model that you're going to stick with and stay focused with? Because if you don't, you're, everything's going to take you off track. And just understand there's only three parts, lead generation, conversion, and exit strategy. What do you want out of your real estate business? What is the goal? Get the big goals, get the big models, and you'll have the big success. Maybe that's cheesy to say, but that's the, that's the process. It's absolutely incredible. And I think everybody on here understands that you can have financial freedom through real estate. It's just whether or not you, you believe it for you. Do I believe that I can have financial freedom through real estate? And then it just comes down to self-doubt and you destroy self-doubt with models and community. And it's all comes circling back. See how I did that? All comes circling back. So I'm going to crack this thing open, guys. I hope that wasn't too confusing and rambly, but um, that's it. Follow big goals, big models, big success. Uh, understand lead generation, conversion, and exit strategy, and pick a model and stick with it. Please open up your podcast app right now and leave us a review and let us know what you thought of this episode. It means so much because the reviews help us get in front of more people. And the more people we can get in front of, the more we can help them achieve financial freedom. And we also get more energy to put more content out like this to help you. So by leaving us a review, it will give you more content to come to help you along in your journey. Thank you so much. Love, man. How do we Appreciate do, Matt? It.
Yeah, good stuff. I, I uh, appreciate how you how you break it down in such an approachable way too. So as, as we go through this uh, again, feel free to throw your questions in the chat or hit the raise hand button. We can go through and have conversations with Brent. Like make sure to use his time. Uh, you know, he, he gave us a full hour, so make sure to you use his time wisely too on your on your guys' end and uh, you know take full advantage here. So um, I'll go through. Uh, let's see. I have uh, Luis here said, "Can you succeed in small cities? Like, how would you change your approach?" For a smaller city like that put everything on the mls if you're wholesaling 100 put everything on the mls have it in your purchase agreement if you need a purchase agreement you could get that at wholesalinginc.com uh, but in our purchase agreement we have the right to put it on the mls all right and okay. so if you're gonna see you got to expose it to everybody in the market and you absolutely can win in smaller markets. I see people doing an incredible job with novations in smaller markets. And that might take us down a whole other rabbit hole, but essentially um, you, you and the seller agree to a certain price and you get above that price, whatever you sell it for on the market, to put it simply. And it's really powerful and it's really working in smaller markets, but you got to put it on the MLS. You mentioned, oh, sorry about that here. I mean, there, uh, you mentioned, um, novations as one thing. And I, I know Todd does a great job of that on your, on wholesaling Inc. Like talking yeah. about that strategy. So how do you balance? Like you said, don't have the shiny object sy syndrome, right? Like don't have, you know, don't pursue a million things, but also there are a lot of opportunities out there right now for novations or creative, you know, creative deals and things. How, how do you yeah. kind of balance those two things? I wholesale them all. I will wrap up a deal that's a sub two. I'll wrap up a deal that's seller finance. I'll wrap up a deal uh, that's a wrap and I'll wholesale it to somebody else that wants to hold on to it that has a different model. That's not my model. My model is to make a boatload of profit wholesaling properties. Doesn't matter if it's a cash offer or it's a creative offer. I'm going to wholesale it and I'm going to, I'm going to build up a big, healthy, heavy bank account. And I'm going to invest in other things that I want to invest in. I invest in a lot of uh, technology businesses. I invest in properties that are in really good school districts exclusively and in really good areas. But there's a ton of deals that we run across and they're great seller finance deals. They're just not, they're not in good school districts. And there's people that love that. They have like 15 rentals in that area. They'd love that. That's their model. It's not my model. I think that's the toughest thing about this business is what is your model? My model is have a business that runs without me. That's a cash machine so that I can go and invest in all sorts of other things. So if you want to lock up and, and, and it doesn't matter, you, you should know different strategies, maybe not off the bat, but as you evolve, you can turn most, most deals into um, an opportunity if you know how to do seller financing, if you know how to do, I mean, cash is, is where we start out and that's the easiest and usually the biggest deals, but to do creative finance, you can certainly wrap those up. You can do um, novations, which novation is kind of, I kind of put in the same, in the same bucket, honestly, Matt, as, as an assignment, mm -hmm. but it's just, it's a little bit different of a, a paperwork and technique, but it's, it's basically the same type of uh you don't own the property you're just making um you, you're, you're you're selling the 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 opportunity to own that property and so um models really matter matter guys follow the model 
And so some team. people, mo- some people's model is I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to live in it. And then I'm going to buy another house. I'm going to turn that one into a rental. And then I'm going to buy another house and turn my old house into a rental. That's a model. It's not a fast model, but it's a model. House hacking is a model. It's not a fast model, but it's a model. I'm just saying, if you want to get as, if you want to go as fast as you can in this business, build a wholesaling company and then cherry pick the best deals that you want to keep later. Amen. There we go. Thank you, Paul. Oh, Paul, Paul nodding along. Perfect. Uh, Luis, sorry if I uh, cut you off there, man. I thought you accidentally unmuted. Go for it. You had a follow up to your previous question. Uh, yeah, yeah. My my question was, um, uh, Brent said something about the the MLS to, to post it on there. If I'm in a small city, I don't have access to the MLS because I'm in Texas. It's a non non disclosure state, so I cannot post any. I mean, I've already closed two deals uh, a few months ago. I made twenty four thousand dollars, but I feel like there's just not enough people uh, in the city where I'm at. I rang the bell for you. Uh, here's the thing. If you want, if you want to get Paul's going to ring it too. If you want to get on the MLS, there's a couple of different ways. First of all, you can get a flat free broker at brokerlist.com brokerlist.com. They'll put it on the market for like 200 bucks. Okay. Uh, and they're in most areas, or you could just Google flat fee listing service in your, in your state and and be able to put it on the MLS. And essentially it's what's called a limited service listing where they put it on the MLS, but the negotiations go through you, Luis. Okay. You know what I mean? It's super simple, super easy. And as far as like running comps, I, I'd like to have access to the MLS instead of using PropStream because they don't have very accurate results on there. Yeah. Is there a way you can talk to a realtor to kind of like get the username and password? I know a friend who did it, but I, I don't know exactly how he did it. And Yeah, build it. Luis, find a friend. Yeah. Find find a friend in the market. Not only that, but how about every deal that wants to list for or wants retail price, you refer it to that agent. Yeah. You don't yeah. get a referral fee because you're not licensed technically, but they could give you perks. Could they pay for your dialer? Could they pay for your postcards? Could they pay for your your cell phone bill? I, they could pay for all. Could they pay for a deal machine? Could they pay for all these things? Absolutely. And could they give you you know access to the MLS? Sure. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. try that. Out. Thanks so much, Brent. Yeah, you got yeah. it. Luis, really quick too, go to uh, content.dealmachine.com. That'll have demos on there. I don't know if you've used our comps tool as well, but we do have MLS data through our comps tool. So try it out in your area and you should have some success there too, man. So um, yeah, try that I, out. Use, I yeah. use Deal Machine on a daily. I, I drive for dollars all the time. But yeah. Um, there we go. I think it's just the sold comps and non-disclosure, Matt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you don't see, I mean, I mean, they'll have like estimated, which is, which is pretty, pretty close. Okay. Yeah. We've got like photos and stuff. Okay. like that too. But yeah. I, I gotcha. Um, okay, cool. I'll try to try to keep going through these questions here. Howard asked, uh, forgiven city, what method do you, which parts of the city to drive for dollars, which I know we talk about that, but I'd love to hear your answer too, Brent. Say it again. Sorry. You cut out a little bit, Matt. Oh, which parts of the city do you, or what method do you use to, de- to determine what parts of the city that you go driving for dollars? Oh, I don't overthink it. You know, I listen, I know where the older parts are, you know, and most of the country, all of its older parts, Arizona's the 48th state. You know what I mean? We've got a lot of newer communities. So I would stay away from the newer communities that you see that have tile roofs, 
right? Or whatever else. And that, that have newer architecture and just go, go for the older properties. I want properties that are at least 30 years old. Not to say that you can't do deals on the other, in the other neighborhoods, but don't overthink it. Just find where the older areas are and, and go there. I mean, you could do it. You could look, look up through Deal Machine, right, Matt, and find the properties, mm -hmm. pull a list of properties that were built before 1993. And then you see it like an aerial shot, and then you just go around in that area. You could do it virtually. You could have a yes. VA use Deal Machine for $4 an hour. What you do is you do a quick time video, a screenshot video of you doing virtual driving for dollars. And then you, you go to Fiverr or Upwork uh, and you find somebody for 3 or $4 an hour to just do it for you when you sleep. It's not rocket science to understand what an ugly property looks like. And then all of a sudden you got that going, it costs you whatever, 300 bucks. And you got, you know, 4,000 addresses, the best addresses to go after. Yeah. The piggyback off that, what we teach always is the highlights button inside deal machine. If you hit highlights, you've got a ton of different filters you can use there. So you could go in there and sim like you said, simply put your build is before, you know, 1980 or whatever, whatever you want to want to put in there and entire neighborhoods will pop up and Hey, that'll, that'll help you kind of start self-selecting which areas to go. Um, Daryl, I know you had your hand raised earlier too. So if you want to give that shout out of your big win earlier too, that would be great. But Daryl, go ahead and uh, ask your question too, man. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, we got yeah. you. All right. So uh, easy cash closings out of Miami, Florida. Um, I, I would say I, I have two questions for you. Um, number one would be, uh, how have you targeted um small to medium multifamily you know 16 to 40 units let's say and my other question would be you know we're, we're in a very competitive market miami florida um and our our cost per deal where i mean we're, we're hitting uh some some nice home runs i want to say uh but you know they, they do come few and far we probably hit you know six a year um we are very picky. Um, you know, we do very well in regards to returns. However, just trying to get any pointers that that makes sense. Daryl, are you flipping? You wholesaling? What are you doing? Uh, so we are flipping. Uh, we've wholesaled a few, but I am a contractor by trade. So I have some industry secrets on the back end. Sure. My partner's on here too. And what do you want to do with these 16 to 24 units? Uh, well, that, that would be a uh, buy and hold. I would talk to every commercial broker in Miami and tell them what you're looking for. Okay. That's a commercial property. So we're not, we're not applying the driving for dollars to commercial properties. Cause we, we I mean, you can, I mean, I mean, you can for the individual ones that you want to find. I mean, if you want to do a court, I mean, you could easily pull that through tax records. If you, if you have, I, I assume you have MLS access in your area. Yes. Yeah. I would just go through your tax records. There should be something connected with your MLS that you can pull those units and, and then sort them by um, individual owners, which there probably won't be a tremendous amount that aren't corporate owned, but I would start there. And then just know that every commercial broker in your town has called every single commercial brokers for the first five years, call every commercial property there is in a city and try to build relationships. 
And so they know what's coming up. They know what's for sale. They know what's not on the market. Uh, they know people that have a certain buy price. Uh, it's a really, really, really solid connection. If it's something that you want to buy and hold, um, I would reach out to a commercial broker and or reach out um, to the individual owners through uh, just pulling a list from your from your tax records on your MLS. Cool. I'll try to knock out a few chat questions and get to Mark here. Uh, let's see. Joshua said, do you recommend door knocking uh, while driving for dollars? So maybe talk about that strategy a little bit, Brent. Yeah, I mean, I door knocked a lot and I found that as long as I had the name, address, phone number of the property owner, I could I could be as successful as I wanted to be in this business. Um, so it's fine if you can't like it. I would rather you try to get a hold of them on the phone then text and then go to the door. Um, because I see a lot of people that want to do door knocking as it's kind of like creative avoidance for picking up the phone and calling people. So they're like, well, if I could just meet them face to face, that'd be great. The problem is uh, the numbers are probably are, are, are really close. It's like one out of 200 conversations and a lot of people don't answer the door. So you're spending a lot of time running around. Um, I would definitely have, I would definitely, if you're going to do it, uh, if they don't call, if they don't uh, answer their phone, they don't respond to a text and you go to the door, I would make sure that you get um, a, a, one of those sticky yellow pads. I think they're like five by seven, not like a, not like the teeny square one, the one that's kind of bigger and rectangle and has lines on it. And I would write, call me and put your number and your name and just slap it on their door. Right. <laughs> People are like, what is this? I don't know what this is. So that out of curiosity, they'll call. Sometimes they they don't, but that's just instead of like a fancy like leave behind or a fancy door hanger, I just do the, you know, we would just do that. And there is something to be said, especially in the smaller markets. This came up earlier about finding the thousand properties that are in the worst shape, the thousand ugliest properties in your market and being obsessed with them. Cause I think I I know that you'll do at least 20 deals to 30 deals a year. If you obsess and you do everything you can to talk to the property owners of those properties. So it's not like you have bigger lists and you're like, well, if I talk to them on the phone, I do. And that's all I do. And all the other people, maybe I'll catch them at some point. If you obsess over the thousand worst properties, then you call them, you text them, you send, uh, send handwritten notes, you knock on their door, you're leaving, leave behind, you're doing everything. You're talking to the neighbors, you're doing everything to try to get a hold of that. That property owner to see one important question when do you plan on selling this property open-ended question when do you plan on selling this property um you'll do a lot of business you do a whole lot of business and and and, and that's even for some even going back to daryl in, in like a miami situation um if there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of money the san diego's the san francisco's the seattle's the austin's the chicago's certain parts of arizona and the phoenix scottsdale you find the thousand properties that you're obsessed with and you you document the conversations that you have with those property owners watch what happens it's bananas love it good stuff um Let's see, going down the list here, Brandon had taught, had asked about, is there a way to get a better response with corporate-owned properties or getting in contact with trust uh, slash estates? You mean like getting their, their contact info? Brandon, do you want to clarify? Just getting a hold of them in general. There you go. Um. Do you have the phone? I mean, are you are you taking the the proper, the... um? 
the LLC or trust information, putting it into open corporates and finding out who's, who's the decision maker there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do. It's just a little time consuming to do that for each one. Uh, it sure is. <laughs> that's why you get a VA. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants VAs to make phone calls, which is like the most important thing. I would have them do like the, the, you know, the operational work. And I do have them do the operation work. I've had Lisa for eight years do this type of thing. So she'll just take an Excel list and go through all of them and figure it out. Gotcha. You can probably do it case by case. You could probably type in what you're, what you're looking for and they'll go to work for you. Gotcha. I would also, if you need to, Brandon, I would, I would find a VA that has a TLO account, a full blown TLO that's trans unions like, stalker account it's crazy guys i have i I tell this story but they let me in to do like a trial of it and they're like (laughs) you can type in anybody's license plate and i'll tell you the 12 places that you put your car the most they track that much like it's bananas they know everything so uh if somebody has a full-blown tlo account which a lot of attorneys and a lot of private investigators have this but they have vas uh do the do their work. And while they're idle, they just use the account to do other things. Uh, they'll pull some information for you, especially if, if you've got like an inherited property or you just can't get a hold of anybody at a property, you go to the TLO, somebody that has a full blown TLO and they'll give you, you know, all the family members and all sorts of different information. It's crazy. Brandon, that help? Uh, yeah, it does. Um, would you say that the response from a, a corporate is about the same as a seller as far as the conversion rate there? The response from corporate is the same as what? Uh, a, a, a homeowner, like, you know, a normal seller. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Brandon, we are doing a lot of business with uh, realtors that own multifamily right now because all their business is dried up. And they've got them in LLCs. So, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's hit or miss. I think when times are good, um, it's a lot easier to go to individuals. I think when times are flat, like they are now, um, it's kind of a free for all. So I would just test it out in your market. Mm, gotcha. All right. Yep. Good stuff. Um, Nick had asked that script you use for, for pre-qualifying. What is that link again? Is it just wholesalinginc.com? Wholesaling Inc. Yeah. Wholesalinginc.com. Okay. Ton and of downloads I- there. Perfect. Brian, if you could link to that, that'd be great. Um, the next one also on uh, Yao had asked, wait, do you have ways to ask open-ended questions about recent repairs um, and go back? Can you go back over the uh, seller's ideal number to sell? Um, so it's talking about that negotiating piece again. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, what, what remodeling, right? Open-ended questions. What, who, how, why, when, all those, right? Um, what remodeling have you done to the kitchen and bathrooms in the last five years? When was the roof last replaced? You know, is, is the, well, is, isn't an open-ended question. Um, Yeah. How much, how much have you put into the house over the last 10 years in, in regard to improvements? I mean, just play around with it, guys. You literally write down all the open-ended openers and then just come up with, whatever come up with a couple different ones they ask but usually listen i'm just telling you like every deal that i've ever done personally or with my team it's like you ask them one question and they 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 tell you their whole story they tell you everything they go bananas 
they're like, oh my gosh, yes, we had, you know, we had a birthday party here in 1986 and somebody put a skateboard through the wall and uh, it hasn't ever been repaired and blah, 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 blah. I mean, who knows? It just goes crazy. So, um, yeah, if, if you have to, if you're like trying to like pry them and they're really just staying real tight with it, um, in my experience, most of the time they don't want to sell. They're not ready. Doesn't mean that they can't be in the future, but um, every single, the, the biggest, most massive deals that we've ever done, um, they just tell us everything. They tell us the condition, timeline, motivation, and they tell us the price, especially. You give me a hundred thousand for this and, and it's yours. So our job is to use our tone of voice on the phone, like body language. The problem I see with most people is you don't want to, people are trying to like, you know, be like assertive or they're trying to like sound confident and it comes off as like an interrogation and there's not enough play back and forth in the conversation. If you want to have a great conversation, you've got the four pillars. And then to really go pro level, you need to have active listening. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. I see some of you guys nodding your heads as I'm talking that type of thing. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Okay. You have 14 dogs there. Wow. You must love dogs. <laughs> Whatever it is. Right. And so you're playing around with that conversation and then it's, and then you confirm and approve everything, right? They throw something at you. Oh, I hate investors. Oh, I do too. You know, they're so annoying. I get calls all the time as well. I wouldn't even have called you if I wasn't so interested in your neighborhood. I'm really interested in seeing if you would consider an offer on your property or just find out when you planned on selling it. You know what I mean? You confirm and approve. And then whenever they ask you a question, answer the question and then ask them a question. Okay. How long have you been in business? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just starting out. I just got started. I'm really excited about it. Are you looking to work with somebody that's like one of those bigger companies that do a lot of, a lot of deals or does it not matter to you? You know what I mean? That's how you start. You, you start getting better on the phone with those type of things. And then just remember your tone of voice is your body language and body language is you, you, you can go through all the neuro linguistic programming and go through all that type of stuff. But basically it just comes down to mirror and matching when somebody's at, when you're talking to somebody face to face and and they're they're using their hands a lot and they're doing these type of things and then you start using your hands a lot and then all of a sudden it's good or but if somebody's standing there like this and you're you're doing this type of thing all the time and you're bombastic and you're crazy you're going to throw them off they're going to be like what is going on here it's the same with your tone of voice mirror and match them and so those are really the seven steps to a perfect call is condition, timeline, motivation, price, um, active listening, confirm and approve. And when they ask you a question, uh, answer the question, respond with a question and use your tone of voice as body language, mirror and match. I am telling you, we get deals because we're so good on the phone, making people feel comfortable. People will sell their properties for less than they've been offered to us. They like us more. And when people shut us down, we don't care. We just keep bowling through and we just try to find out more. And we're really positive. And we're like, yes. And then all of a sudden it turns into, yeah, they have that piece of land that they want to sell. Or yeah, they didn't want to sell their personal house, but that rental property that they got or that house that the, them and their sisters just inherited, they want to sell that. But that's reps. 
Yep. That yeah. comes with reps, absolutely. Um, Mark, you've been waiting patiently over here too. You want to jump in, man? Go ahead. Sure. So I'm starting, um, starting, just started this journey in the middle of December, actually. So I just purchased or closed on the first flip that I'm doing. Um, and this wants you to be a quick flip, but you were saying, pick your model. Um, yeah. and I don't know if you've seen this work or not work, but my model, what I'm thinking is, um, I want to fix and flip, do two or three or four, and then buy some rentals and then continue that model on. Cause I really want to build a rental portfolio. Cause I have a goal to have 25 in the next five years. So then I can just live off of them and then play and buy and fix and do whatever the hell I want to do in five years. Yep. Uh, but do you think that type of model works? Cause you're saying your, your attention is bringing going in so many different areas. And I can definitely see that already because there's so many different ways you can make money in real estate. Um, but do you think this model works? I if think you if you can replace yourself in the day to day, absolutely. If you can't, you're going to be pulled all over the place. You're trying, you're, you're, you, it's one, but two horses, you know what I mean? Like, what, what are you going to focus on the most? And right. so I would, I would build up your flipping business to where you can replace yourself on the day to day and then build your portfolio. Okay. Yep. Um, I have a second question um, with making the phone calls and stuff like that. Would you hire just somebody to do that? Or hire like get, I know they can have, you can go on Fiverr and get people that way. Do you recommend that at all? Or well, if you're not going to, if you're just dead set that you're not going to do it yourself um, and you have the budget to do it, I would definitely get a call center. Uh, callingreps.com is great. And uh, the best of the best is uh, call motivated sellers, but they're 25 bucks an hour. Okay. So, but calling reps is more like 10. And um, I just sent out 6,000 mailers. Um what do you they all tell you the you know you're going to get some definite hits from that is it really mailers definitely work uh not in phoenix well, no no <laughs> no uh I, i'll tell you this um everything works mark absolutely okay. everything works but you got to make sure that you're consistent with it and um you have to just test what kind of response rate and what kind of uh return you're getting on those and be real careful because um, you you could give away all your profits that you've made in your business back to marketing for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, but listen, if you're getting an awesome return, if you're getting good response, you've got the systems in place to answer those calls and to convert those into deals. Yahoo. Just watch what it costs. You never want your marketing to not to be lower than one to four. You spend $1, you should be getting four. You don't want it more than 25% of your, your business, uh, cost. Okay. So as long as you're, as long as it's there, that's fantastic. We're gonna I just know in, in Phoenix, it got to the point where it was $17,000 in mail to get one deal. Uh, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was that other, uh, call center? There was uh, so there's calling reps.com and, and then there's the call motivated yeah. sellers. Okay. Yep. Yeah, Ryan threw a link in the chat. Mark, too, I don't know if you were on last week with Zach Booth, but he did a really good uh, section on like ROI tracking for your marketing. Um, so look that one up as well. But yeah, I will. Thanks. Cool. Can I um, jump in on the direct mail question real quick? Yeah, go ahead, Nick. Direct, asking if direct mail isn't really the right question as a guy that sold it for 20 years. Um, right people, right offer, right timing. It doesn't matter whether you call them, text them, whatever. 
you buy a, if you buy a terrible list, it doesn't matter what you send them or how you call them or what you do. So you, you gotta, you gotta think about it in a different way. Yeah. hundred percent. That's a great feeder into this question, Brent. I know we're at the very end here. So I did, uh, do, do you have like one more minute here? Yeah. Or, okay. Uh, Alex has been on a bunch of these. He asked, he said like, Hey, I've been in the business for a few years. What three separate lists do you like for cold call campaigns? Um, yeah. Single line, click to call. Yeah. Yeah. I love, uh, listen, driving for dollars is bread and butter. I mean, driving dollars, that's, <laughs> that's always top three. Um, we really like tired multifamily right now, uh, but we go up to four units um, and, and we've been finding people own multiple of uh, uh, four plexes. And that's been really, really, really profitable. And um, we are having really good success currently with code violations that we get from the actual city. So we go to the neighborhood services department and they give us a code violation list direct. And, um, and it's really good. And I'll, I'll tell you this, if you're in a major market, I highly suggest that you go to the County to get some of these niche lists the code violation in some areas, they let you do the water shut off. They don't here in Arizona. So I don't know about that. Um, the probate, the inherited, um, those, those lists have been really powerful going directly to the source as opposed to just waiting until it's on a site. Cause we found like once it's on the site and filtered through one, a lot of properties get filtered through that shouldn't. And two, um, they're three to six months late. No matter no what they promise. No doubt. Yep. Okay. Well, good. Oh, it's showing me as a, a phone number, but I have my video on. Uh, sorry about that, Brett. Uh, no worries. Everybody else. Cool. No, that's definitely good. So um, you said tired landlords. Um, shoot, what was the other two? Sorry, buddy. No, so drive for dollars. Yep. Uh, tired multifamily and code violation directly from the county. Yeah, we've been getting a lot of pushback from uh, for code violations here in Denver, which is great. I mean, that means that it's really tough for other people to get them. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if, if it comes down to like a Freedom of Information Act, like attorney. Have you ever heard of anybody who's gone that far to try to oh, yeah. figure out? The, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, that's where. And I've been asking my, you know, I have probate attorneys, bankruptcy attorneys, all that. And I still haven't found anybody that specializes in um, FIOA kind of attorney uh, consulting work. I don't know if you know anyone nationally or anybody you could. I don't. So you're, I would... you're going down to your county and you're just, uh, they're just telling you that they don't have it. So each county, they make me go to each city. So yeah, yeah about... it'll be a city thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So half, more than half of the cities over here in the Denver metro won't let me get it. What do they tell you? They just like, oh no, that's personal information, and then I quote the Freedom of Information Act, and then all the all the stuff in the Colorado statutes, and I'm still getting pushback. So I'm kind of at the point where I'm like, shoot, I I might need to, you know, level up a little bit and get somebody who can help me. But I just don't want someone who's going to put me on retainer that doesn't know what they're doing. I guess it's a very specific attorney, you know. Yeah, I would just try to, you know, ask for whoever's the manager and just just so that you can clarify and not clog up their time because you're just going to keep coming back because, you know, 
based on what you're reading, if there's a different interpretation, I'd love to hear it from a manager that can interpret this and let me know if, if there's no way that I can get access to code violations here in Colorado. But based on what I'm reading here and the Freedom of Information Act, I, I believe that I have the right to have it. So can I speak to somebody that, that can speak to the legal uh, reason why you can't give me this list? Okay. Yep. No, that's definitely good. Brett, thank you for your time, man. I've been watching you for years, dude. So I uh, went to the zoo this last weekend and I was like, hey, there are the rhinos. And I was with my new acquisition manager. So he was, he wasn't really sure. He didn't know about you yet. So he's drinking the Kool-Aid. So. <laughs> that's that. right. <laughs> that's it. The rhino tribe. Thank you, Alex. That's awesome. I appreciate it. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Listen, you charge forward like a rhinoceros and you have thick skin and you win. That's what he's talking that's about right. being a rhino. Yeah. Awesome. There you I'll go. Second that code violation list, man, that, that stuff works. Yep. And just connecting, you can connect with the officer. And so I've got officers in multiple cities and they'll just send me, they'll be like, hey, we're going about to demo this property or this one's got some issues and they want it fixed and cleaned up. So it's not like they're, you know, but if you build a relationship directly with the officer, they'll send you all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. I. I actually have one officer in one of the, the Denver cities. She's like, oh, man, it's going to probably be like 400 bucks. So I was like, well, you know, I'm trying to bring revenue back into the city and stuff. And she's like, yeah, you're right. I'll just charge you 15. No, nah, so, man, it's all going it on a spreadsheet. Works. They just sent me that spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Good stuff. I, uh, I tried to get to everybody on here. I know there's a couple outstanding questions. I'm sorry if I missed that. Feel free to uh, reach out to me direct. I'm happy to answer those questions on my end too after this call. Don't want to keep Brent too far over. Do you, do you have time for one last one from Luis here? Brent? Yeah. Okay. Go, Go ahead. ahead, Luis. Sorry about that. Um, I have a, a VA who happens to be my friend down in Mexico. Uh, I'm paying him $3 an hour, but I feel like um, his, his accent's thicker than mine. And uh, I, I'm not converting a lot of leads. And sometimes, you know, he misses a day. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I have to, <laughs> I have to do this and that. So at what point would you fire a VA, even if, if it's one of your best friends? And, how, how long has he been calling? Uh, he's he's been calling for like five months and uh, he only calls two hours a day from Monday to Friday. Yeah, I would I would tell him thanks. You know, I I, I found out about this other service and I'm going to test them out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Has okay. he gotten you any deals? Uh, one deal. Yeah. That, okay. that's, I have it on escrow right now. It hasn't closed yet. But uh, yeah, he, I mean, he does the, the, um, collect the, the data, like uh, the, the repairs that the property needs and stuff like that. And then I take over going to the appointment and make the offers. Like all he does is try to get the main information. Right. But uh, I mean, I, I feel like it's his accent is, is heavier than mine. I sure. Yeah. I mean, it could work in, in, you know, with some property owners. Yeah. Um, but you know, if, if you feel like that's holding you back, then you got to move on. Gotcha. Yep. And uh, just one quick other question. Um, I try to get the water shot offs for my city. I'm in Corpus Christi, Texas. And uh, awesome. Everybody keeps telling me that I can't get it um, somehow. And uh, I went to I go to network networking groups and everything. They all tell me the same like, no, they're not going to give you uh, the, the water shot offs. They don't have it anywhere. The city doesn't have it. I'm like, well, where can I get that from? Like, <laughs> yeah, we can't get it in Phoenix. I mean, some of them, they just won't, it's not like, uh, you know, these are private companies. 
Yeah. I mean, they're they're private, but kind of you know, uh, state uh, run. But uh, yeah, they won't give it to us. Man. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. I, I, and at what point do you recommend like expanding to other cities? Because Corpus is not so big, and there's Austin nearby and San Antonio. Test it, brother. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it, it'll it'll take you an hour to pull a list, get it skip trace, and start calling and seeing if you have a better um a better opportunity somewhere else. So um as long as you understand the values and and, and understand the uh and make sure that there's buyers there, um, then you're great. Gotcha. Okay. Yep. Thanks so much, Brent. Um, thanks to you. I've, I've closed like four deals already. Hey. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm really glad I, I was able to find you that I found you like a few, a few years ago and I can still watching your content. It's pretty awesome. Pretty. Thank you. No problem. Thank you for taking action on it. Awesome. He puts out great stuff. Yeah. Again, you, Brent, where's the best place to connect with you? Is it uh wholesalinginc.com or, or YouTube? We, we, we or, put a, yeah. we put a lot of love into our, um, into our YouTube channel. Uh, obviously you can get into wholesaling Inc. And then uh, we have the incredible Rhino tribe and you can find out about that at wholesalinginc.com as well. There we go. Awesome. Thanks again so much, everybody. Uh, again, same time, same place next week will be Jerry Norton. So we're looking forward to that one. And then uh, this recording will be uploaded at content.dealmachine.com uh, before the end of the week. So um, Brent, really appreciate your time, man. Always have a Thanks, good time. Man. Thanks guys. Yeah. Find good some stuff. deals. Find some massive deals, 50K plus deals. Come on, stop messing around. I love you guys. Thank you love for the it. opportunity. Thanks, everybody. See you guys. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Deal Machine Real Estate Investing Podcast. Please leave us a review and follow along wherever you're listening to your podcast.